0: This is episode 10 of Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging from DePaul Community Resources. I'm your host, Allison Wickline. Thank you for joining us as we learn and grow together. Our guest for this episode is Gabby Range. Gabby and her husband, JD, became foster parents with DePaul back in 2017. Their journey is interesting and shows the power of truly opening your heart, home, and mind and being comfortable with letting go of expectations. Gabby, I'm so happy you're here. Thanks. Thanks for having me. How did this all begin? What led you and your husband to consider foster care? Um,
1: I think we both were led in different ways. Um, my husband has two cousins that were adopted from Russia. So interestingly, he actually got to go with his uncle to Russia to um, when they picked up one of his cousins. And he was about 12, I think, then. And he said that from that moment he decided he wanted to adopt one day and that was way before we ever met Um, for me i i don't know that i was ever like against it it was something i thought about before but then when we our first year of marriage i was um an outreach director at a church And there were a lot of families there that had fostered or were fostering and had adopted. And we actually started a foster and adoption ministry at that church uh, with all the families. And so the more I worked with them and um, we went through some books and studies, it just, I think, kind of fanned the flame in my heart for adoption Um, and for me specifically through foster care. So that was kind of I guess my husband had a heart for adoption. I had a heart for foster care. And so I kind of convinced him, like, well, why don't we adopt through
0: foster care instead of private? (laughs) And uh, that's kind
1: of where we
0: landed. What were your expectations when you began the process? Um, We really tried to put expectations at the door in a lot
1: of ways. (laughs) I think it can be easy to definitely come in with a lot of expectations. And specifically, we knew that we wanted to adopt out of foster care, but that that is not always the case. And we didn't want to go in expecting that, I guess, um, hoping for it, but not expecting it. And so we, we kind of would tell each other a lot like, well, you know, we'll probably get a few kids through our home that we can't adopt and they might go back to their family. And that's good. And we need to celebrate that and um, be prepared for that, because that'll also be really hard. And we kind of had those expectations. But interestingly, that, that wasn't our story or our experience, although I know it is for a lot of people. So really, we kind of just try to have open hands and I think we can have expectations sometimes that can really um, impede the journey because we have too many expectations, I guess.
0: So that leads me to my next question. Tell me about Caitlin and how you all found each other.
1: Well, we um, moved to town, so we were living in Tennessee. Um, we moved to Virginia, and so we thought that was a good time when we made that switch and got our residency switched and everything to start going through the process of getting certified, um, getting approved, and all that. So we picked an organization, we picked a, picked a Paul, and start going through the classes. But the timing is really weird. My husband was coaching football, so it was like really hard for us to make it to the meetings. So we, I think we, like, attended the first three, missed two. Our social worker tried to catch us up privately, and then we ended up having to, like, catch another class a few months later. So it ended up taking us, like, six months to get certified, which is not normal. It's usually <laughs> pretty plain. Um, And so it was, like, we started in, like, June or something crazy. And then in January, <laughs> um, the director had, like, our home study and everything on our desk. but hadn't signed off on it yet. And they called us, and they were like, We just got a kid, um, a baby in care and we want to bring her to you. We haven't signed off on your homestead yet, but if you can take her, we'll sign it right now. And we're like, Oh, okay. That's really fast. Suddenly like we've been just waiting for six months and now suddenly it's like go time. And, um, so they, they, they didn't really know the situation at first. I think they were like, "Oh, it's a six-month-old baby." And I was like, "Okay, let me call my husband." And then they were like, "Actually, it's a two-month-old baby." I was like, "Okay, let me call my husband." I'm like, actually, she's nine days old. And I was like, oh, "Okay, <laughs> nine-day-old baby." Uh, we we didn't even really want a baby. We wanted like a school-age child, um, but we were open to it. We just had to figure out daycare and some options like that. So we didn't even get to talk to each other in person. I, my husband was a school teacher at the time. I called him. He was on lunch duty and I was like they want to bring a baby to us and he's like oh a baby and I was like yeah uh tomorrow oh tomorrow <laughs> I was like yeah I know we don't have anything but I, I think I don't know just take a minute and call her back and so we prayed about it and um separately and then we both called each other back and I was like I think we should do it and he's like I feel the same way and so we told them
0: yeah bring her to us let's see what happens <laughs> so tell me about Caitlin when she came to your home? I mean, her age and kind of what she was dealing with at the time.
1: Yeah, she um, was born with uh, uh, exposure to drugs and um, her birth story was really crazy. She she aspirated on meconium and so her and her mom actually both died on the table and were resuscitated during um, the labor. And so she was immediately transferred to the NICU in which is where we live. It's like an hour and a half from where we live. So her parents didn't even actually, we met her before her parents did because they never went to the NICU. Um, So she was in the NICU by herself for I think nine days. So she was 13 days old when she actually came to our home. Surprisingly, she didn't experience any drug withdrawals. Um, She was, I, I feel like she was even a very like, I tell everyone it was almost like, Instead of withdrawals, she was really like depressed. I don't know. She like wasn't very animated. It was like she was still like asleep almost. And a couple months later, she suddenly like woke up and was, I don't know, it was, it's hard to explain, but I just was like, this baby is weirdly calm all the time and doesn't <laughs> respond to things. And so, yeah, they brought her to us with like a bag of two outfits and a car seat. And that was about it. We, we scrambled over the weekend calling all our friends We're like, do you have like a bassinet or like anything that we can have? We went to the store and bought some stuff. Um, we were Googling everything. Like how often do you feed a baby? And, um, how often do they wake up? Like, how do you feed a baby? How do you make a bottle? Like all these things that you have like nine months to prepare for. And we had like three days. Uh, it was definitely a
0: fun experience. (laughs) And then I know that throughout that time, she was obviously still in foster care. What was the most challenging part of the process in foster care, but then later you guys pursued adoption for her?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's always the question of, you know, where is this going? Like, is she going to go back to her family? Is she not? Uh she had a lot of there were a lot of disappointments and you know i was talking to a friend yesterday actually um we we moved to a new town and they fostered. and i was saying i forgot how many like appointments we always went to like she failed her first hearing test so she had to get rechecked every three months and so we were going to hearing tests so we were going to regular doctor appointments we were going to specialists and physical therapy and home visits and like it's hard to remember even you and how he managed all that because i was also pregnant so i had doctor's appointments constantly and family visits were definitely a little bit challenging just navigating that that strange kind of feeling of she's your child but she also really feels like my child and we need to like work together in this somehow and um but her parents were always they really liked us um they were kind to us and I think because we were kind to them and and they actually ended up inviting us wanted us to sit in on her visits with her um so they they did the first few there just alone and then they asked us to start joining them so by the time she was about four months old we went into the room with them and we all just visited together so um it was a unique opportunity to kind of minister to them and just show them Christ's love and um, try to support them in that. And so be, I think because of that, when it did come to the point um, that their rights were getting terminated, they it was like a recess in court. So we were all just like out in the lobby and then came out to my husband and were like, we know that Caitlin's going to get taken. We want you to adopt her. Like, will you adopt her? And I, I guess they didn't really understand like that was what was going to happen anyway. And he was like, of course, like we love her. And they were like, we know And that's why we want you to like take good care of her. And we're like, of course we promise. So it was interesting and, and um, kind of a special moment, I guess, to get to share that with
0: them. How old was Caitlin when you all finalized that adoption? Um, about 18 months old. So it, we
1: got. She came to us January of 2017, and we finalized the adoption July of
0: 2018. So, paint me a picture of life with Caitlin and your family today. What does it look like? Uh, it's funny to even
1: like remember sometimes that she's adopted. You know, it just feels like normal family now. It's so when you said we started adopt, uh, fostering in 2017, I was like, gosh, is it really, it's been that long, hasn't it? Like, <laughs> forever <again. laughs> Um, But I mean, her and our son, Jack, are just like two peas in a pod. Like you, you really would not know um, people all the time. Caitlin weirdly looks a lot like me and people will always say like, she looks just like you. And Sometimes I'm just like, oh thanks. And someone's like, well, she's actually adopted. <laughs> it's just like a fun, fun way to get to tell her story a little bit to people. Um and, you know, I mean, she knows she's adopted. I don't think she quite understands what that means yet. She turns four in January, but we don't like hide it from her. You know, we always say, like, oh yeah, Caitlin's adopted and we chose her to be part of our family. And we celebrate her gotcha day every year and that kind of thing. But uh, I think we just want to keep that conversation open so when she is old enough, it's not like a weird thing that's like feels like we're keeping it a secret, but just something she can ask questions about and we can be open about.
0: I know this is difficult to think about, but can you imagine what her life might have been like if she hadn't found you? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely
1: one of those things you don't want to think
0: about, right? <laughs> like,
1: um, yeah, I mean... I think she has an older sister that, um, I think unfortunately endured that for a little while before, um, DSS was aware of the situation and stepped in. And I know for her, like they wouldn't feed her. She was like eating dog food and her, by the time they came, all her hair was like falling out because she was malnourished and just... A complete neglect. They they just weren't aware of what was going on around them. I think, and so it, it is really scary to think like that. That could have been Caitlin too, and who knows? Like, just wasn't a, a th- environment she could have thrived in for sure. And even now, like, I think even her social workers that I we have a really good relationship. I still talk to her, even though we're really not associated with the foster care system at all right now. I'll just text her social worker name now and then check on her and. Um, we're all kind of surprised how well Caitlin turned out like um, because of her birth story they were afraid she'd have a brain injury that she would have like physical delays and um, cognitive delays and besides being really small she's one of the tiniest little girls you'll meet Uh, she just has exceptional speech (laughs) she will Talk your ear off all day long and just really smart and no physical delays. Um, It's kind of really a miracle. And I think we underestimate the power of just like a nurturing home that it can and stable home and um, the impact it can have on not just behavioral issues, but also physical issues.
0: What does it feel like for you and your husband to know that you provided that home for her when she needed it?
1: Oh, I don't know that we really think about that much. We just, uh, I mean, I think for us, like we believed we were called to foster care and to adopt. And, um, we just kind of believe that God always planned for Caitlin to be a part of our family and a part of our story. It was always part of the plan. And, and that was what we prayed specifically when we got into the journey was, um, I know I prayed specifically, I know that you have a child that you've already prepared for us. And I also know that for that child to come to us, they have to endure something difficult and um, just pray like a prayer protection around them that, that whatever it was, God protect them in that um, whatever it was that would bring them to us.
0: And I like to ask all of our foster and adoptive parents, this one, why would you encourage someone to consider foster care or adoption through foster care
1: my husband and I were just talking about this last night not with specifically a foster care and adoption but things in general there's so many times I hear people say oh I've always wanted to do that but I don't know there's so many excuses you can come up with and fears that just stop you from doing something that's on your mind or on your heart and I would say like if it's on your heart just do it there are so many kids that need a home and There's so many excuses we can come up with. I know, (laughs) funny story. One time I was in Walmart and someone said, oh, she looks just like you. And I was like, oh, well, she's adopted. We adopted her through foster care. And she said, oh, I could never do that. And I said, really, why? And she's like, I just can't imagine like getting close to a kid and loving them. And then they leave my home. And I don't know if I was just feeling sassy that day or if it's me normally, but I was like, well, it's not really about you, is it? (laughs) I
0: was kind of like,
1: maybe it should have been a little nicer about, but that's kind of what I think it's like, people are like, oh, I think that'd be really hard for me. And I'm like, kind of want to say, well, it's not really about you. It's about these kids and they're going through a much harder time. And so if you can provide like a loving, stable home for even a short time, like that's worth it, even if it's hard for you. So and, and, you know, the other excuse I think you often hear is, well, you don't know what kind of kid you're going to get. You could get crazy. They could have all these crazy issues and it could be a danger and all this stuff. And um, I know we personally have friends that adopted um, through foster actually through DePaul. And when they are these kids came to them, they had all the issues you could think of those first few years. And those kids are 16 now. And if you met them on their street, you would have no idea that that's where they came from because they're completely normal, like functioning teenagers. And I think people just, you, they, they, we do, we underestimate like the impact that a loving stable home can have. And yes, it'll be a little bit of hard work and it might be some really difficult years, but it can completely change the life of, for you and that child. So I think we can always come up with excuses, but really when you break them down, I'm not sure that they're worth anything. So if it's something you're thinking about, like don't don't let fear and anxiety and all the things you can dream up that may never even come to pass, uh, stop you from just stepping out and taking that chance because it um, you could miss out on something really incredible because of just all the things that you can think up in your mind that stop you. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share your and your family's story. Yeah, thank you for having me. We
1: definitely love sharing Caitlin's story and there's so many facets to it. It's hard to even remember all the details and all the things, but um, it's definitely been a blessing and we're so glad that she's a part of our family.
0: Opening Doors to Hope and Belonging is hosted by DePaul Community Resources, a nonprofit organization. Since 1977, DePaul has opened doors to hope and belonging for countless children, families, and individuals with disabilities across Central and Southwest Virginia. To learn more about DePaul and the topics discussed here, please visit depaulcr.org slash opening doors podcast.